Okay, so you're going to look at this and say, hey, that's not me being amplified. Why are you talking to a microphone? It's because it's a podcast, guys, and we got to <laughs> record it somehow, right? Jeez. It, well, it's called my diaphragm. That's being, <laughs> yeah, I learned that in improv class. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everybody, in the world and in this room at the Bobian House to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour slash Ice Off Part 2. Yeah. That was strictly that was strictly for Isoft Part Two, not the podcast. I want that to be made very clear. We have an awesome show for you guys. We have six incredible. Some might be incredible. Some might not be as incredible. Looking at you, Smock. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to get everyone's hopes too high, but I'm sure they're incredible. Uh, I have not personally vetted all of these stand-up comedians, but I, Scott did, so I'm sure it's great. <laughs> Later on, we'll also have a little bit of. <laughs> Later on, we'll be joined by the farm team, Planet Ant farm team, for a little bit of improv. Uh, but for now, uh, let's get this thing started off by introducing my co-host, all the way from Oklahoma, I think. Uh, he's a cowboy, ranch hand, and male gigolo. Uh, please welcome Watts Incarnation. Oh, it's just absolutely wonderful being here tonight, you know, especially when I'm not on my hands and knees with a ball gag in my mouth. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you are one who has been known to uh, dig a lot of holes. Oh, I dig a lot of holes and put a lot of pipe down there. Talk into the I don't know. I don't know if this <laughs> is this microphone working. I mean, well, technically, I, you know, I can I can enunciate. I'm pretty good at that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, how how do you, uh, how does it feel being back in Michigan? You uh, spend a lot of time on the ranch, from what yeah, I understand. Yeah, well, I had to do a lot of work, pull a lot of weeds, you know. Um, and it's you know it's wonderful being here, although it feels like a swamp. You know, mm -hmm. Oklahoma, it's dry and windy. Yeah, you no know? humidity there. Absolutely zero humidity. Mm -hmm. Have the, you ever uh, ever seen uh, any stand-up comedy before, Watson? Uh, I've seen a few uh, laughs, you know, here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, although in Oklahoma, stand-up com comedy is kind of a, a niche thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Mainly the cows do it. and uh, <laughs> The cows do stand-up <laughs> comedy? It's just wonderful. Sometimes they're pretty uh, invigorating comedy, you know. Can you uh, tell me a cow joke? Sure. Um, what's white and what's black? It eats a lot of grass. A cow? <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I'm glad to have you here co-hosting the show with me, Watson. It's uh, invigorating comedy. <laughs> absolutely pleasure. Uh, first up, our first stand-up comic that will be gracing the stage. His name, hailing all the way from Metro Detroit, I assume. <laughs> it's far away, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. in the area, yeah. at least. <laughs> His name is Bart Dangus. Give it up. <laughs> This is on, for real? <laughs> Jesus. I feel like everyone's just playing an elaborate prank on me where there's not even a fucking cord on this thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> What's this place called? Boobian House? Bobian. Bobian? 
You think whoever built this house would be proud to know that Oh, Bart Dangus is telling shit jokes here. God damn. Um, yeah, stage. There's no stage. Come on. <laughs> For the podcast listeners. Wait, the, are these pointed towards the crowd so you could hear the not laughs? <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, man. <clears throat> uh, I live in Detroit. I'm not from here, though. Like, I'm from Arizona. But when I first got to the city... I went to this show where I was the only white dude there. And like fucking a bunch of cool ass black dudes hanging out. Went there with my buddy Nick and we walk in and uh, like this fucking giant bouncer stands up to like pat everybody down, you know. Pass my buddy Nick down, he's good, doesn't have anything on him. I walk up, I spread my arms out for him and he just looks at me and goes, nah, you good. just felt like a fucking child walking in, like, trying to be cool, like, I'm here. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, this is a, th is this a second show? That cool. Definitely get a speaker. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, this is nice to be downtown. Um, all right, back to the jokes. I don't know what I'm doing over here. Jesus Christ. I quit fucking around. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so I, I run this, this Monday night show. It's called Prankus, and it's heckle and courage, so it's real hard to get fucking kicked out of there. Like, you have to be a real big dick to get kicked out. But I, I've only had to kick out one person ever. This guy came up, and he was like, hey, you know, you have any, any spots open? And I didn't. So he left, and then five minutes he comes back with his own fucking microphone and speaker. <laughs> it's like I create a goddamn monster. <laughs> so there's a comic on stage, and like, like I'm trying to push this dude out, and I'm trying to like pull the microphone away from the dude, and he's trying to pull it towards his face, you know? And I just give it one good pull and <laughs> let go, just right in the fucking teeth. <laughs> Whatever, man. He was heckling my show. <laughs> yeah. Um, every Monday night, you know, just use my microphone, I guess. <laughs> um, Y'all ever wonder why jazz is so mellow? It's because it's the past tense of jizz. Man, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Country boy back there is disappointed in that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I heard a famous jazz mu musician say once that, you know, jazz is all about the notes that you don't play. If you apply that to stand-up comedy, then... <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you guys coming out to stand-up. Like, like, the process has just been tripping me out lately, because... Like, I can't practice at home. Like, I have to come here with a decent idea and then try and, you know, eat shit in front of everybody, you know? Like, if that was, if that was how music was, nobody would go see music. <laughs> Imagine seeing, like, a band with, like, four dudes on different instruments that have a great idea for a song and just go up and fucking try it. <laughs> nobody would see that. <laughs> yeah. 
Like they get up there trying to fucking Jeff on bass. It's like, dude, god damn, I didn't know you could play a racist chord. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. I was working on jokes in a coffee shop, which are always like real small. And like it's like a okay place to get work done. It's a great place to have somebody try and squeeze between you and the wall and just like rub their dick across your back. <laughs> so you can go the fuck around. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, they're working on jokes and the barista sees me writing in my psychotic journal of goofy things. <laughs> like, and she was like, oh, are you a writer? You must be a writer. And I don't consider myself a writer like... Like, I'm a writer in the same way that dude sitting across from me underlining parts of the Bible as a historian. <laughs> like, you're going to find anything fucking new in there, man? <laughs> if that shit's not written on a throw pillow, you should be crossing that out. <laughs> like, that's where I read all my Bible verses is throw pillows and misspelled tattoos. <laughs> it's all the fucking good ones. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... The barista, like, in, insisted that I share with one of the last things that I'd wroteth. Because I'm dumb, and that's how I, like, that's how I imagine, like, writers talk. Like, you know, Shakespeare with that fucking doily thing around his neck. Does anybody know what that is? Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I don't, like, I'm convinced that he showed up to that painting session with that thing. Like, everyone has that same image of Shakespeare. You know, like, he's got the doily, like hairline back to here. I don't know how. <laughs> like, I, like, I think he showed up with that doily around his neck to the painting session and just like... <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so the barista wouldn't let go, so... Like, at the time, one of the last things that I wrote down was, uh, today a dude put both his hands in my mouth. <laughs> and that was, like, not the haiku she was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but like that was an observation at the time because I went to go see a new dentist that I'd never seen before, ever. And this dude fucking strolls in just wearing plain street clothes and just goes right at it. Like, you're going to spring for the fucking uniform? That could have been the dude in chair three who just got bored and had too much of that, like, goofy gas and, like, you know, fake it till you make it, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, I, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I don't know, I go back and forth, but like, why is it still taboo that I can't get drunk off mouthwash? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I've looked up the symptoms, and it's all the same as normal booze, all the fucking same, but it's like, like, it's okay to get, like, shithoused off Fireball, but I can't have Listerine over ice. <laughs> How fucking good does, a, does double Listerine three cubes sound? <laughs> like on a hot summer day? It's funny like catching flack for that and it's like, oh, like you're over there with your cutesy like wine like towels that say like, we'll trade husband for wine? Fuck you. <laughs> Slavery, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I, I just fantasize about, you know, getting home after taking that Uber that I barfed in. 
making a scope margarita. <laughs> Stupid, hey. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Let's. Is anybody worried about uh, you know, artificial intelligence taking over? Fuck that, dude. I am more worried about when dogs figure out how long we've been making fun of them on the internet for. <laughs> dude, soon enough, like Doggo and Pupper, those are gonna be racial slurs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like I watched this video where they, they taught dogs how to drive and they did it successfully. They taught them how to drive Mini Coopers. I've never even sat in a Mini Cooper. <laughs> And like, like they could do it without thumbs. I, they kind of do have thumbs. Like, it's like right here, you know. But like, as soon as that shit migrates to the paw, dude, and they can like choke us out for kibble, we are fucked. <laughs> All right, no one's worried about dogs. <laughs> All right, I think I'm I'm good. Is yeah. Let's give it up one more time for Mr. Bart Dangus, everybody. Yeah. Wow. What did you think, Watson? I, you know, I, I did, I did particularly like that jizz joke. I, you know, I've, from someone, uh, somewhat of a connoisseur of jizz and uh, oh, other yeah? bodily fluids, uh, I can appreciate that. Yeah. You know. So Bart, uh, welcome <laughs> to the Bart. I said that very aggressively. Oh. I feel. Hey Bart. I'm just self-conscious because I'm on fake microphone number two. That's true. <laughs> the second one doesn't get any better. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me about your name. Your name is Bart Dangus. Yeah. Uh, and that's that had to have been a hard name to just get through life with. Oh, dude, it's been so hard, dude. It's a great name. It's a great comedian name. Yeah. But I can't imagine it'd be a very good name if you were a doctor or something, Dr. Dangus. That's exactly why I didn't go to medical <laughs> exactly. school. That's the only reason. Do you ever had any uh, weird mispronunciations of your name? I say Bart, and I get Mark a lot. M that, that's not even close. Uh, cappuccino for Mark Dangus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, what, what got you uh, started in comedy, Bart? Uh, I didn't want to try and start another band, and I didn't have much to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, can't do a band, can't be a doctor. So I'm just uh. going to have to... Have to go and do comedy. Interesting. So, uh, where uh, where at did you get started? Arizona. Like, uh, do you just like uh, take classes, or you just kind of started writing stuff down? Nah, dude. You just like go to an open mic, and then you're like, oh, I could do that mm -hmm. better, and then you eat <laughs> shit even worse yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um. So, like, okay, you have a show uh, called Prankus with Bart Dangus, which is uh, it's a Weekly, you mentioned it in your set. It's a weekly, like, live comedy show. Can you, what, what exactly is it? It's like, what makes it uh, different? Uh, I mean, it's really not that different. It, it's just oh, <laughs> well, forget about it. it. It's heckle encouraged. So, mm -hmm. but it, I mean, my thought behind it is that it's like a great way to teach comics how to flow. Yeah, even um, on amidst people yelling at them. Yeah, because I mean, if you have good material, they'll listen. Yeah. But if you're eating shit and saying something fucked up, they're going to attack you, which, nice. yeah, I don't want to hear that so shit. So is it, is it like an open mic or do people like sign it, up? It's booked. Like, just message me on Facebook. Right on. Message him on Facebook. <laughs> or any email. Do you have an email? Yeah. Heck yeah. We all have emails, <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> 
Yay for email. <laughs> yeah. You know it's not going away, and I hope it doesn't, guys. We have to like, we have to stay true to our roots as as internet users. We can't just fuck email, you know. Fuck email. <laughs> so uh, yay email. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever uh, have you ever witnessed a fist fight? Uh yeah. What's your favorite one? Top ten, top five favorite fist fights. I mean, I think the best one is when a dude should have swung at me. Mm-hmm. He tried to like mash a flyer on my face, and a I just f- like a band, like a like yeah, a show flyer. Like, look at this! But <laughs> I, I blocked. Was it. he trying to s- swing at you, or was he ag- just aggressively trying to promote his show? <laughs> he was trying to swing at me. Okay. Yeah. We could have been doing both. I mean, I yeah. know a lot of DJs. Yeah. If it had adhesive on the back, he was probably trying to promote a show. Yeah. Confuse you for a telephone pole, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I am You tall. are tall. Yeah. Yeah. You're very tall. Yeah. You're at least seven foot five. At least. <laughs> at least. And that's on your knees. If you could uh, book a... F- <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> if you could book a fight... I don't know why I feel like talking about fights with you. If you could book a fight between any two people in the world, living or dead, I guess, but they would be dead during the fight, who would you who would you book? Fuck. Uh, I don't know. It could be famous, or they could be like your uncle. There's my uncle. Yeah. My uncle and God. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the name of your memoir. My uncle or God. Yeah. And uncle and God are boxing in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how much oil would you put on God and your your uncle? Oil, like baby, oil. like baby oil. You know, <laughs> would, I, it, would it be a Greco-Roman? Gre- get them all greasy. Like, old know? wrestling match. You know? Enough. Yeah. yeah. How much baby oil would you have to get to put on God? Like surface area. How big is God? And how much would you have to spend on the baby oil to put on him? What do you think, Watson? You're a professional. Well, you know, I usually go through like a a, a bottle this size yeah. for you know a typical to, night for of everyone's debauchery. reference. That's a 16.9 ounce bottle of yeah purified drinking water. Yeah, I got to oil my chaps up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for God, I think you need to go for the big like great value like tub of baby oil and just dump it all over his just luscious hair and his beard and all down his body and down his you know. You're getting me excited to go to church. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, where is, he, is that the venue? We're gonna we're gonna book the venue where he's gonna fight his uncle in the church. I hope so. The big, the biggest church in the world. Do you have any uh, more questions for Bart Watson? Uh, uh yeah. Uh, what was the what was the worst uh, set you ever did? First, like, the, the first one. First set. Yeah. Did what? someone try to fight you there? No, <laughs> I wish. Yeah, no. that would have made it better. Yeah. It was just you were nervous. It's oh, it was just dog shit. Oh, I f- I stumbled across it like not too long ago and oh, it was recorded. Oh my god, yeah, nice. video. Oh, glad no. I did that one. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah. Now you're now you upgraded the audio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Bart, for yeah, for, for joining us. It. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. Everyone, thank give you it guys. up one more time for Bart. Oh yeah. Up next, we have someone who also hails from Metro Detroit, allegedly. I believe he's currently living in New York right now. Am I wrong? Am I right? You're wrong. I'm wrong. <laughs> Facebook lied to me. I, I tried, I, you know, you, you do re- Facebook research and you, you don't fully comprehend what's going on, and that's fine. Well, he's currently living in Metro Detroit. His name is James Serini. Give it up, guys. <laughs> Thank you. 
Cool. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I have about two minutes of material, so I'm going to drag this out as long as I can. Uh, I found out recently my name is actually pronounced uh, Cerini. It's very Italian. Uh, yeah, my dad growing up, growing up, my dad has always been like uh, very much, he's like, we're Italian, we eat spaghetti, and we have, have mastacholi and shit like that, and uh, it's not at all what, I took an Ancestry.com test, or thingy, and I'm actually 60% British, <laughs> so he's a liar, <clears throat> and um, I found out because I was, working, I was working in Chicago and there was this uh, Italian, uh, one of the pizza chefs that I worked with, he called me Cerini. And I was like, what did, you, what did you say? And he goes, your name, Cerini? And I was like, oh, is that how you say it? And he goes, it's Italian. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, okay, well then that's how you would say your name. Um, <laughs> okay, I felt like a fucking dum-dum. And uh, I... It's weird because I've always told people, like, on my mom's side, they're all from the south. They're all from, like, Arkansas or Kentucky. Uh, there's a lot of, like, inbred. <laughs> a lot of our branches in our family tree go back into the tree. Um, and so I asked him. I was, like, super excited because I want to know about my Italian side. And this is before I found out that I'm British. And uh, I, asked, I was, like, dude, what's, what, like, I, I, I guess my dad's side are from uh, Calabria. And he goes, uh, well, I was like, what's Calabria like? And he goes, uh, they're like the hillbillies of Italy. Like, cool. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hillbilly in, in two different continents. That's, that's fun. Um, yeah, my family likes to all fuck each other. <sighs> yeah. It's true. My mom actually... Uh, <laughs> so, this is true. Uh, I, okay, so in the past five years, I've had two stepdads die, which makes me really nervous to like call anybody dad or own a plant or wrong my mother. I don't know <laughs> what she's doing, but the second dude that she married was actually uh, uh, her cousin. Yeah. That's true. And I have her name tattooed on my chest. Weird. Oh, no, I throw that out there. <laughs> this is therapy, right? So can I just gonna sit down? So I think it all started when I was eight. Um, no, but you guys uh, smoke weed at all? Does anybody smoke weed? You guys want to buy some? <laughs> no. uh, I don't smoke. I do every once in a while. I did a lot when I was younger, and then I stopped. Um... Just because, like, I don't know, I got, I started getting, like, really paranoid and weird. I didn't like it. I'm just, like, lame to be around. And, uh, I don't know. It's, but my friends all still smoke, and they're like, dude, you need to find, like, the right indica, like, the right strain, like an indica or sativa or whatever. Um, so I went to a dispensary, and I was talking to the guy. I was like, listen, man, I want something that's going to make me, like, a little bit more productive, maybe happier, a little less self-conscious, more, pro yeah, you know. And, um... So he wrote me a prescription for Zoloft. Um, baby steps, baby steps. Um, but I do, have you guys done shrooms? Has anybody done mushrooms? Has he, have you heard anybody call them boomers? Really? No? Make up your fucking mind, Scott. Have you or not? <laughs> My, 
<laughs> I went to I went to Vegas a couple years ago uh, with my buddy, and uh, he asked, he was like, "Dude, you want to like do some boomers?" I was like, "What the fuck is that?" I thought like I thought poppers. I was like, "That's kind of lame. Are we gonna fuck? <laughs> is that what's gonna happen?" Because I guess people do that when they when they have sex. They have used poppers sometimes. Let me tell you guys about poppers. No. Um, so we did mushrooms, and uh, we ended up not leaving the hotel room. And we were watching TV, and there was this guy. There was a commercial for a used car dealership, and this guy's named Frank. And it was Frank's, Frank's used car dealerships. And in the, middle of, in the middle of the commercial, like towards the end, he goes, come on down to Frank's, <clears throat> used cars. He fucking cleared his throat in the middle, and they used it. But how many, I just want to know how many takes there were <laughs> that were not good enough to use before they were just like, fuck it, okay, we'll go with that one. Did they run out of budget? I don't know. I always found that one pretty amusing. <laughs> Fucking Frank. Uh, yeah. Hmm. 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 Tinder is the same. Uh, <laughs> and, well, no, it's pretty different. So, like, in Chicago, because I lived in Chicago and I lived in New York. Uh, in Chicago and New York, every girl is an actress. And uh, I do nothing but watch TV, and I haven't seen any of them on anything, so they're liars. So I changed my uh, 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 job title to casting director. Millions of matches. Millions. Um, it's way better than unemployed. And I put unemployed, I really did, because I thought maybe, maybe, if I'm honest, I'll find love. It's not the case. You don't, you don't find love through unemployment. Of like, that's your, especially in the fucking dating thing. But they all like had the same shit. Like most, what's similar with all of it is that there's always like, you gotta be six feet tall, or uh, I'll swipe right for your dog. Or like sarcasm, sarcasm's my second language. It's always some shit like that. And it's like, well, that's okay. I'd rather not take like a tall, sarcastic asshole that wants to fuck my dog out on a date. Thanks, man. <laughs> cool. I'm really worried one of my friends might get cancer. But what I'm worried about is that, like, he's going to lose his hair, which means I have to shave my head, and I'm going to look terrible bald. <laughs> but what if I do shave my head, and I look really good bald, and then I feel guilty <laughs> that I look really good bald, and he's dead? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you. I, uh, you guys think in India they have sitar centers? Alright, I'm trying. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that one. In the mix. So getting, uh, I'm 27, and one thing that I, like, I learned recently is that uh, you start to lose, the older you get, you start to lose faith in the one friend you thought you would have your whole life. You could trust your whole life, and it's your butthole. 
because every fart is like very questionable. Am I gonna shit myself? I've shit myself twice already since I've been up here <laughs> farting. Uh, I did shit myself in front of my friend one time. Um, so like, I do this thing where like, it's called a fart gun, where like you'll pull out, if it's a, if it's a little fart, you pull out a little pistol, and you, when you pull the trigger, you fart. You shoot him with a fart gun. It's, it's fun, because <laughs> I'm 12 years old. And uh, if it's a big one, you do like a shotgun. Art, you know, uh, I did that. It was a big one, and I full-on shit myself. It wasn't. It it wasn't like it stayed in the cracks, and then you just like go to the bathroom and wipe up. No, it was it was big. I'm sorry that I'm doing this to you. You look like you don't like to poop. <laughs> um, I full-on shit myself, and I had to go to the bathroom and. Uh, He's laughing his ass off, and I'm like, <laughs> slowly like making my way to the bathroom, and I like took my boxers off and like rolled them up. I'm like, I'm not gonna throw them in the trash can because then he'll find them. You can't flush them, duh. So I like stuffed them down the front of my pants, and I was like, dude, I'm gonna go get some fresh air. And he was like, yeah, I'll join you. And I was like, no, you stay here. And then I like ran around his building trying to find a dumpster to throw my shitty underwear in. And then I, I did. I always wonder what happened to those shitty underwear. I don't know. I don't know. What am I at? Am I, am I, yeah, okay, all right. Okay, uh, this, is also, this is also a true story. My mom and I are, are super close. Uh, just disregard the whole marrying the cousin thing for a second. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're very close. I grew up like single mom household, and uh, anything like, about sex or anything like that, we were very open about talking to each other about it. There was no, she gave me the birds and the bees talk and all that stuff. Everything I, ne I needed to know, I went to her and it was, there was never like a weird whatever with it. Um, but there is a line and uh, I recently, it was like a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> I went over to her place and she was showing me her and her, how her and her boyfriend remodeled their room. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not an asshole. I'm not going to say no to her showing me her new room. So I walk in, and right on the dresser, there's, like, a fucking huge bottle of lube. Which is always, that's pretty off-putting. I was like, well, thanks for tidying up, Mom, before I got here. Put your fucking lube away, please. Uh, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. She put it away. And she's like, oh, she was like grabbing, and she went up to the closet and grabbed something, and she like knocked something over, and it was a fucking giant stack of porn DVDs <laughs> fall onto the floor. And at that point, it's like, you're fucking bragging. You're bragging to me. <laughs> Why don't you just go online? Why do you have DVDs in the first place? Go online. There's everything you need on the internet. Which, by the way, why don't porn sites use .com instead of .com? <laughs> because I feel like that's a real missed opportunity. Thanks. Yeah, give it up one more time for James Cherini. <laughs> Cherini. Wow. Thanks. That was very, very personal, very sexual. So why did I think you live in New York? <laughs> I did live in New York. Oh, okay. So yeah. I just went back too far. <laughs> yeah, well, I just moved, no, I just moved back like, uh, a month and a half ago. Oh, nice. So how, yeah. how was living in New York? 
It's cool. Yeah. New York's fun. Yeah. Not yeah, good it's enough, not fun, man. Every it's convenient. Everything you need is right there. Like I never had to leave like a quarter mile radius around mm-hmm. my apartment because everything I fucking want is right there. So. Uh, Do you ever uh, encounter any strange people on the streets uh, in of New York? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw a guy taking a shit on the sidewalk. Gave me a thumbs up. <laughs> I gave him one back because yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, do it. He's living his um, best life. It takes a lot yeah. of courage. <laughs> shit on the sidewalk. Uh, it was like on, it was like 34th and Herald Square, which is like just south of Times Square. Oh. So it's still like very <laughs> populated streets. Hey, and he just you know, dropped his britches. The more people you are, the less likely you are to get <laughs> arrested for shitting on the, the street. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been arrested? Uh, no. No. I was always, like, too afraid of my mom to get in any trouble. Yeah? Yeah. I did get an MIP when I was oh. 20, minor in possession. Jeez. You were so close. In Berkeley, Michigan. How far away from, where, from 21 were you at the time? Oh, I had just turned 20, so oh, okay. it was, like, yeah. So it was still yeah. justified. Yeah, it was justified. <laughs> so uh, what, what got you started with comedy? Uh, were you also starting a band or tired of doing <laughs> bands? Tired of fucking, yeah, man, shredding <laughs> it. No. Um, I don't know. I just... Grew up uh, watching a lot of like stand up and sketch comedy with my mom and my grandparents, mm-hmm. uh, and then it didn't really like hit me until like junior year of high school. Uh, I was like on the on an improv team. A friend asked me to audition, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, I will." And then uh, I did, and I went up there, and I I loved it, and I was like, "Oh, I can fucking do this! You can do I it! I can try to do this!" Mm. Who are uh, then, who are some of your uh, influences? Um. Man, I don't know. I guess, like, <laughs> Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, I love, like, voices and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's always kind of been, like, a like Aladdin as a kid, like the genie. Mm-hmm. I would run around, and I didn't know Jack Nicholson, who he was when I was a kid, but you did. And then, like, in Aladdin, Genie does an impression of Jack Nicholson. Yep. So I was just doing an impression of Jack Nicholson. Genie as Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Were you confused when you actually end up did end up seeing Jack Nicholson? Like, wait, yeah. he's doing an impression of the genie. Yeah, I was like, that's <laughs> fucking genie. Stealing the that's genie not Jack Nicholson. stuff. Oh man. So how you like being back in the old the old mitten? It's good. It's cool. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun. I like it a lot. Nice. I miss all my friends and and all that. I'm gonna be here for for a little bit and then I'll Let's go out west somewhere or something. Else. Yeah. Out west, like City far high. out west, not like. The final Oklahoma. frontier. Yeah. No, Asia. Uh, Asia. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I think Asia's Asia. east. I mean, you, if you go... Well, I can go west. Yeah. Get there, <laughs> right? Split a few hairs. I don't know. Depends on if you, if you subscribe I'm to the flat earth. Earth. Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> like, they, you know, like flat earth, like, how do they explain people being able to fly around the globe? They don't because they're fucking stupid. Hey, is there anyone in here that's a flat earther? All right. Someone's not speaking up. Yeah, there's some. There's one in every crowd. Yeah, yeah. Just like every friend group has an asshole, there's one flat earther per fifteen people. There's a lot people. more of them than you would have thought. You know, it, uh, like yeah. you, uh, well, Bob is one, and you know, Who? a lot of cowboys. Bob, you know, the he, rapper. Yes. Really? He is, yes, he is a flat earther. He had a whole freaking album about it. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, and he has a song about airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's like Bob, figure it out. <laughs> it's all an op- optical illusion for him. You know? Yeah. A lot of cowboys uh, back in Oklahoma, they're flat earthers. They always say, if the earth isn't flat, explain pancakes. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Doesn't, 
Do you have any yeah, questions? Those flat Earth theory, but you know. Do you have what? any questions for uh, James? Yeah. Um, you know, you said your family's really into uh, family love, keeping on the family. Uh, Get your hand well, off the microphone part. Sorry, <laughs> I like to hold it like you know. Shut. Like, <laughs> All right. Shut. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Uh, well, I should. I should. With the cousin thing, my mom marrying her cousin. First. Cousin? No, it's still right. Yeah, first. Was cousin. it like? Oh, but they didn't like. I gotta defend my mom. I guess. like. Was it star-crossed they love? They didn't know each other. Okay. Their whole life, pretty much. All right. Or did they get influenced and by the porn? That reunion, and then I guess that makes it worse. It's <laughs> <laughs> you could have left that. That part makes out. it a lot you, you fucking like, worse. You, you, yeah. That was a total bell curve. We're like not putting this on Facebook, page, right? She's gonna hear family it. Family reunion. <laughs> she's right gonna back hear this. <laughs> I'm sure. Me. I'm sure she's. You know. Totally fine. It's hey, man. Different. As long as she's happy. It's yeah, whatever. definitely. Yeah. Well. Lots of lube. <laughs> Great. Well, thank yeah. you so much, James, for, so much for joining lube. us here. <laughs> Fantastic set. Thanks, Everyone man, give it up for me. James Cherini. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. Next up, we are going to be joined by someone else who's also, guess what, guys, from the Metro Detroit area. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Her name is Esther Navarez. Give it up. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being in this pretty building. This is awesome. This might be the most historical place I've ever talked out loud. And, um, probably going to talk about a dick, so oops. feel bad. We just made a mess of the whole situation. Um, I, uh, I'm Mexican. I'll tell you guys that, yeah. I say that because a lot of times people will wonder what I am because people of color, people ask, what are you all the time? And uh, I was at a bar one time and this guy came up to me and was like, hey, what are you? You look so exotic. <laughs> and I said, I'm Mexican. And he went, hmm. He goes, you know, you don't have to say that. You can make something up. I was like, uh, okay, um, I got it, ask me again, I got it. He's like, so what are you? Using you for drinks, <laughs> yes, so that was different. I, uh, I don't usually use guys for drinks, actually. I don't like that because I have found that if a guy buys you a drink, he wants to talk to you. Ew, right? <laughs> like, so all the strings are attached. I was at a bar one time with friends, and I was happy to be with the friends. I'm on the dance floor, I'm dancing, I look around, I'm like, where are my friends? And I see the bar, and my friend's like, come on, this guy's buying drinks for us. Get in on it, he's buying drinks for us. I'm like, come on, man. He's buying drinks for a stranger, so he's buying you well. There's no top shelf in this, there's no you call it. He's buying you well drinks. And then drinks are like, well, Drinks are like $7, maybe. It takes me like an hour to drink a drink. So now I'm entertaining this motherfucker for $7 an hour? <laughs> huh. That is less than minimum wage, okay? At that point, I'm like a broke-down geisha, you know? <laughs> I will tell you architecture. That's, I, I don't know what accent is appropriate there. Probably none, but I do it anyway. <laughs> but I still do a shitty accent in that joke. Um, 
I am a terrible Mexican because I've never dated a Mexican. Because every Mexican I've ever met, I've been related to. So <laughs> that is my biggest problem there. It really is. I was telling my dad about going to a Mexican restaurant in southwest Detroit. I'm like, oh, I love Los Galanes. He's like, you know our cousins own that. I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> like, I did not know that. And now I know that everyone in southwest is off limits. Some people have gone to New York. It's just, it's a wrap. I, every time I see, I meet someone who's Mexican, I just hug him. I'm like, we're cousins, man. And that's just how it is. <laughs> Whereas it's all family, and that's creepy. Uh, no, no offense, so he's gone. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> like that. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, I, uh, what else was I going to tell you guys about? I, oh yeah, I, um, I'm also, uh, I'm terrible. I got asked to do a show. There's this like Latin festival, and they found me somehow on the internet, and they were like, Oh, we want you to do this show. Uh, so you're, you're Mexican. Both parents are Mexican? So what part of Mexico are your parents from? And I said, Texas. So <laughs> I didn't get the show. I did not qualify for that show. Um, doing comedy, man, we're driving around all the time. Like a lot of us travel all over the place. I don't know if this happens to you, but my mind wanders when I'm like in the car driving. Like one time I was like, Man, it, the sight of blood like really freaks me out. Like what if somebody told me I was driving around with like a bag of blood in my car and then I was like, I'm a bag of blood. I'm just like a skin covered bag of blood and organs and that's when I stopped driving high because I can't do that shit. <laughs> can't do that anymore. It was the old ways. Um, I feel like women try way too hard for men. I think it's just, I've, I don't understand it. I understand if you're doing it for yourself and all, but like for dudes, just don't even bother. Like I'm friends with a lot of guys and I was in a parking lot one time having a conversation with my friend and way apart across the parking lot with this, was this girl and he looks to me and he's like, man, she's hot. I go, you can't even see her, she's a shadow. And he goes, she doesn't have a hunchback. So there you go. That was his response. Like, stand up straight and we're done. I don't know. <laughs> so weird. I don't get it. I saw a girl at a bar that had, girl, woman, at a bar that had huge, huge fake boobs, obviously fake boobs, and glasses. So I was like, really? You're going to have that surgery and you can't just spring for the LASIK at that point? <laughs> One seems way easier and cheaper, I think. But it made me think, like, if I could have an enhancement surgery and, like, pick it, what would I want? Like, if I could just choose something, I would want bladder extension. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to have to piss every five minutes anymore. Throw another kidney in there. I don't know how it works. I'm sure sometimes guys are like, ew, that's not hot. I'm like, you've never seen my giant sexy bladder, okay? <laughs> get in that shit, motorboat it. I don't know how it works. I don't know how you reach that. Um, where am I with you guys? Oh, yeah. So, uh, remember when having a guy walk you home was the safer option? That used to be... That used to be a thing. It used to be like, oh, I'm going to my car. This man will protect me from other men and 
punch a raccoon in the face. Yeah, now, now it's like your girlfriend will come up to you and be like, I think I should walk you home. That guy almost walked you home. Can you believe the nerve? <laughs> the nerve. That was so unsafe. So unsafe. I, uh, all that stuff happened, you know, like everybody came out and the movements that are going on right now. And I never thought about because people were like, oh, has anything ever happened to you? I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, I'm like, I just thought that was, I don't know, life. I'm like, yeah. But um, I was remembering, like, how I reacted to it. Well, I, I react uh, violently, I guess. That's what happened. I was in Canada one time, and we went to a restaurant in Little Italy, which I didn't know they had a Little Italy, but they do, and we used to go there, and it was awesome. Go to, went to a restaurant, we came out, and this guy was rolling by on a BMX bike. He wasn't even pedaling. He was just walking by us, and he stopped us, and he lifted up his shirt and showed his stuff and said, uh, you know where I can get this taken care of? And it was, his pants were button fly, the top button was buttoned, and his dick and balls were shoved out the hole. <laughs> that's, that's how it was. And I immediately, like my friend immediately was like, we need to call the cops, I'm calling the fucking cops. I was like, I don't even know how to call the cops here. We're in Canada, do they have 911? Like, I'm roaming, how much do I want to pay to make this guy go to jail? I don't even know the laws there. They might, he might just say, sorry, and sorry, and he walks away. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it works there. So she's like, rah, rah, rah. I, my cousin I was with, she looks, and she, her contacts always get all dried, and we're drinking, and she's all drunk, and she just gets way too close. She's like, is his seat ripped? What's wrong? <laughs> like, <laughs> We're going to leave her. <laughs> just walk away. I run to the car, and I decide I'm going to run him over. That was my way. I'm like, fuck this. I'm running that motherfucker down. We're on a one-way. I'm pulling around. But I started thinking about it. I'm like, in retrospect, it, it wasn't ready to go. It was just there like, it was just flopped to the side like a raw piece of chicken. Like, it was... <laughs> There's nothing it could have done to me in the moment, really. It was like somebody like trying to rob you and they're like, give me your wallet. And you're like, you have a butter knife, sir. I don't think you can hurt me. And <laughs> the weirdest thing was too, I realized when I tried to kill him and he was gone, uh, that we were right under a sexy massage parlor. I actually knew where he could have got it taken care of. So <laughs> thank you guys, I'm Esther Navarez. Yeah, everyone give it up one more time for Esther Navarez. Yeah. Man, it's got to be tough being a lady. Huh? <laughs> Go figure. So, uh, you have, so you said you went to Little, was that in Montreal? They were in Little Italy? No, in, in Windsor. Windsor? I didn't know they had a Little Italy. I know, I didn't either. And then we just started going and then it was, it was pretty cool. Little Italy. I don't know if it's still there. This was years ago now. Yeah, I think I might have gotten it taken down. Yeah, that guy <laughs> single-handedly made like Little Dave Italy Little Italy a <laughs> shitty reputation. Oh, God. Shut <laughs> the whole district down. You want to see a soft now. dick? Go to Little Italy. <laughs> <laughs> no, not today. Home of the soft dick. <laughs> oh, 
So you uh you've kind of performed comedy at uh, places all over the country, or at least like on this part of the country, the east yeah. part of the country. You performed in Boston. You performed mm-hmm. in New York. Yeah. Uh, what's uh what's the vibe? How's the vibe feel different being uh in Detroit and being uh, in Boston or New York? Like, is, or is it similar? Um, I feel like well, I don't know about living there, yeah. but. But as far as like when comedy, I go like when I have gone there, there were more club like here. I feel like more shows happen in places like this, like we're in a historical building, or I've done shows in an ice cream shop here mm-hmm. and uh, recycle wow, really? center. Shout out Chucky Finster, um, yeah, and lots of different places. And there was a place in L.A. that was an open mic that was a house that was really odd because they said, okay, well, we walked in. There was a stage. It was a house. It was a living room. It was like this. It was a living room, an area where people performed, and a person playing piano, well, a keyboard, between people. And they were like, you go up here, and then you go in the bedroom, and then you do another set. And it was like the same people just recycling in different rooms. Interesting. And like bedroom you do a comedy. set in the living room, you do a set in the bedroom, and then you're out. And did go you to do your different next place. sets? Like, did you kind of yeah. like you had to like write a set for the bedroom because it's like a different feel, <laughs> you know? Did my bedroom set? <laughs> it's a special set. <laughs> Esther at night, <laughs> after dark. Yeah. So uh, tell like uh, I asked James the same question, but you ever like obviously you kind of answered the question in your set, encountering any kind of weird people, but <laughs> in like New York or Boston, you ever encounter? Anything like someone shitting in the uh, in the street or something? Oh, for sure. I I hear like people masturbating. It's pretty common. Just like it openly. is when my friend lives in New York, and it took years. And she texted me one day. She's like, "I finally saw a guy jacking off on the subway," <laughs> and I could tell in her text how happy she was that she was like after five years or whatever like was seeing, finally a New Yorker. Wow, it's like yeah. seeing Maury Povich. It's like you're not in New York yeah. <laughs> until you've well, seen Mori Povich and seen a guy masturbate on the subway. I saw a guy that was, it was, it was like a younger dude. He obviously was touching it, but mm-hmm. he was just running. He was being pe- pl- polite about it. He was running it. two fingers over it oh, in okay. some like cloth short situation. Like consciously or like he I was, don't know. Oh, like okay. he was like staring off, but I don't know. I mean, maybe that's what you guys do, and then you like have to stop yourselves and yeah. then just be like, "Oops!" Well, I mean, like, stroking two fingers again. Well, I think like, I don't the, know. the thinker, you know, the, the statue, the guy, yeah, thinking, you know, rubbing his chin or whatever. I think that's inaccurate because I think when guys think, that's what they do. They just it rub like two that. fingers across across their member. You know, it, gets, it totally it gets looked like that. Flowing. It was an index and thumb. Oh, oh, and that, that's was, my favorite technique. It was, <laughs> it was really weird, and then we just like a friend of mine and. I look, both looked over like, ew, no. There was a guy in the subway in Chicago that was like down, like blood coming off of his leg, and he was on the floor, and it was the first time that my boyfriend had been to Chicago, and he's like, the man, he might be dead. Oh, my God. What should we do? I was like, nothing. Look around. No one's doing anything. <laughs> Nobody reacts to this situation at all. Like, when we leave, we'll tell someone maybe. Let's tell them the number of the train or something. But he's like, I can't believe no one's doing anything. Like, no. Yeah. It just doesn't get a reaction. I was worried that the end of that story would be that guy was also touching himself. (laughs) (laughs) And then he woke up from a coma. Oh, man. Two fingers. (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, what about you, Watson? Have you ever encountered someone touching themselves without expecting it? Well, in my line of work, you kind of have to expect it. Ranch hand or gigolo? Gigolo. Okay. Well, I mean, oh. you kind of have to touch yourself in ranch work, too, to make sure you're not, you know, like, suffering from heat stroke, you know? Oh, is, that, uh, is that the method? But that's also the method. It's a heat stroke, you know? Like yeah. taking your pulse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like, like, how's my dick do? Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, it was in New York, and... Uh, hmm. Uh, it was actually on top of the subway. There was a guy on top of the, the, the train car, car itself. Yeah. yeah. And he said, I'm going to do this till the day I'm dead. And he <laughs> immediately hit an over, overhead tunnel. <laughs> wow. Dead right there. But he was doing the two-finger pinch, you know. With and thumb and index? Yeah. Or yeah. Mid- died or middle finger index. Died with his uh, uh, no, the, the, the index and the thumb. Yeah. Classic, yeah. Yeah. Traditional. You know, he, the, the shitty part is, you know, he, he died with his member and his, 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 his rifle in his hand, you know. But he's, you know, his rifle. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and then he immediately got ran over by another train that was running late. Interesting. Murray Povich's train. Yeah, Murray <laughs> yeah. He's got his own personal subway train. Oh, yeah. It's got his face on it. Great. Well, thank you so much, Esther, for joining thank us. Thank you. Fantastic. Everyone give it up for Esther one more time. Oh, yeah. Next up, we are joined by someone that I know for a fact is from the Metro Detroit area. His name is Mr. Alan Smock. Give it up. <laughs> Alan needs to adjust the ambiance in the room before getting started. Yeah. <laughs> give it up once again for Alan Smock. Hey, give it up again for the meme. Uh, set the scene for you uh, podcast listeners at home. I'm wearing a Bob Ross shirt tonight. Uh, I, love, uh, I love wearing this shirt because uh, Bob Ross is the only TV show where uh, like, people can see you and like your shirt, but they don't like try to talk to you about specific episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because like, I like, uh, had like a Doctor Who shirt, and people would be like, oh man, that fucking episode where the Daleks fucked the robots? And I'm like... I don't know. I was high during that episode. I don't remember that episode. But with Bob Ross, everyone was high during that episode. So we all, they all just blend together. No one's like, oh man, that fucking one where he's got the trees and he peeled the tape off. You know what I'm saying? No, not that one, a different one. No, that never, that never happens. That never happens. Am I here in Detroit? I, this, is, this is great. I, I, I love Detroit. I believe in Detroit. I believed in Detroit so much that I bought a house in Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now it's like, um, it's easier to believe in Detroit when you don't live in Detroit. <laughs> you know, like it was real easy to believe in Detroit when I was in the suburbs. Uh, but now it's like I live in Detroit, so I am Detroit in a way. And I don't know if I even believe in myself, so... Here I am having to believe in everything. And I like, I, I, you know, I'm not, I didn't move downtown, I'm not Midtown, I'm not Corktown. You know, I'm up, I'm up in the Northwest side. I'm, it's, it's a little different up there. You know, we don't have, uh, we don't have Whole Foods, we have Soul Food, you know? <laughs> we don't have the checker bar, we do have A checkers. Um, <laughs> we, we don't have like bars, you know, with a view f- through the window, but we do have uh, views through windows with bars. So, 
It's a little, I'm just saying, it's a little bit, little bit different. This is not Woodward and Warren. This is, uh, you know, Seven Mile and Wyoming. Different W's up there. Just different. It's a nice neighborhood, though. Like, I, like I, I, I can't really talk bad. Like, my, my neighborhood itself is beautiful. It's historic, like, uh, like the Bobian house here. Uh, it's uh, just live in this beautiful, nice brick money pit of a house. It's, uh, it's real great. But I do live in like the best area, really the best area you can live in when you have an old house, two blocks from a Home Depot. <laughs> so I'm just in there all the time. The Detroit Home Depot is different. Yes. If you've never been to the Detroit Home Depot, it's a little different than the Home Depot you might be used to. Uh, it's the only Home Depot I know where they like actually have a person checking your receipts like you're gonna fucking steal wood or something. <laughs> you pay for that wood? <laughs> no, there's a lot of wood thieves in this area. We don't want anyone to steal any wood around here. <laughs> guys selling me like I got, I got like the, the thing where like because there's nothing really around me you know besides this Home Depot the Home Depot is kind of like the almost like the social hub of my neighborhood uh, like so that it's not like like you, you come downtown here some guy will try to hand you a CD and they sell you the CD you know and you're like ah shit well I'm holding your CD I gotta buy your CD now guy did that to me at Home Depot in the Home Depot, he handed me incense. I was walking out with a girlfriend. He handed me a bunch of incense. He's like, yes, yeah, good incense. You should smell this incense. I was like, oh, cool. I've got incense. He's like, you should pay me for that incense. <laughs> I was like, shit. I just got hustled outside the Home Depot. What just happened? I was, I, this, is, this is literally where I was at. I, I, was, I was at the Home Depot. And I stand. I've, I've kind of turned in my dad. I can go to Home Depot now. I'll just go there to browse. Like, I, like I'm going to Home Depot to browse like I'm at like a, like a gift shop or something. Something like, hey, are you, are you working on a project? Need some help? No, I'm just looking around. Got some wood here. I might do a project. I don't know where I'm at with my life. So I'm standing there. I'm just kind of looking at shower heads. Oh, it's, Oh, low flow it saved me some, uh, some of my water bill. And I didn't notice what was happening. I wasn't really aware of my surroundings. This guy was coming up, this old guy, in a uh, like a motorized wheelchair comes in and rolls up. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. And like he rolls up, but he's letting like he just pushed past me, kind of rolled up slowly, you know? And then, he, and then he pulls open a box. It's a diamond ring in a box. It's like, is this... <laughs> This guy gonna about to propose to me? What's, what's going on? He's like, hey, it's a real diamond. You interested? I was like, sir, even if I had money for your diamond ring, I'm never going to buy a diamond ring from Home Depot, okay? I don't want to explain that to my girlfriend. If I, like, what if I proposed to her? And then we found out later it's not a real ring, which it probably isn't, right? Uh, and, and then she's like, oh, you got to take that back. And I'd be like, well, I'm going to have to look for the old man with a backpack driving around the Home Depot then. Because I don't know where exactly. I don't know his return policy. But I bet it starts with fucking find me, motherfucker. <sighs> it's tough, man. I don't know. It's tough. Having a house, an old-ass house. I didn't know the... Uh, uh, the, the house I got had 
had plumbing problems. There was like an old style trap. My house was built in 1939. It had an old style trap. And then there was roots that grew through the, the, the pipes. And then, uh, so what ended up happening was every time I flushed the toilet, it came up my basement floor. Uh, and this went on for like a couple months. This went on because I like, I would have someone come, they'd kind of snake it out. They would get it like stuck on the roots and, and they'd like pull it out. And I, I even had like, I had like a, a, a air conditioner that was in storage, you know, and it wasn't like in a box. It was just sitting there next to what turned out to be right next to the trap. And he's yanking and I'm just watching all the shit get on my air conditioner. And I'm like, well, that air conditioner's gone now because I can't put, I'm not going to go put my stinky pink eye machine. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to subject my household to that, you know? So they'd come, they'd snake it, and they'd be like, well, it's just going to go slow for a bit. And they couldn't like get the, because the, the old trap, they couldn't get the cutters through to actually get the root. So they'd just snake it a bit, it'd kind of flow for a bit, then it would start coming up. And the, the bathtub's all fucked up, so we have to take baths instead of showers, because that leaks. So you, you, you would flush the bath, it would come up the thing, and you'd be like, oh shit. And then what I was doing was for a long time, for months, uh, until I could afford to get this fixed, I was, I was shop cleaning this shit up. I was using a shop vac. And uh, one thing is with a shop vac, make sure there's a, there's a part you can plug in that blows and a part that sucks. You gotta make sure you get the right one. Because <laughs> there's, I, was, I don't know, it's just a bad situation I was in. But I'm, uh, I'm just at the lowest point. I feel like I'm at the lowest point of my life. Uh, I'm coming out, I've got like this, like the fifth or sixth. I'm just like digging a hole back behind my garage and just dumping the shit. And I don't know if that's legal or not, but I'm like, I don't know what to do. I've got this shit and I, and I can't have this shit in my basement. So I'm just going to take this shit somewhere, not my basement. And I'm back there and it's like the sixth thing and it's like 2 a.m. in the, it's in the morning and, and I'm just like, I got to do this before I get to bed because I had just come home. I was like half drunk. I uh, had been at a comedy show and I just was at like the highest moment of my life and then I was back here at fucking shit world house. I'm like, just like having kind of like a panic attack almost. Like, what have I done? What, what, have, I, what have I done to myself? This is the worst fucking thing. I am at my lowest fucking point right now and I'm dumping that that shit behind my garage and then I hear like 10 gunshots and someone speed off in the distance. I was like, oh shit, my life isn't that bad right now. You know what I mean? This isn't all that bad. So yeah, I believe in Detroit and that's my time. <laughs> Give it up one more time for Mr. Alan Smock. Yeah. Oh man. I, um, did you you got the the shit situation figured out though? Yeah. It does. Yeah. I owe my mom like three grand. So. Nice. <laughs> nice. For just cash it to her and with the uh, the memo line for shit help. <laughs> yeah. No, it's literally like uh, every every couple months like fifty dollars with a uh, on Venmo with a toilet icon. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's very kind. So uh, uh, I don't know how many people know this about you, but you have a very good website. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very well designed website. If you have a moment, moment, if you have a moment, uh, go to smockthecomic.com. It's got like 
games, kind of. <laughs> Not really games. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it moves around. I don't I mean, know. Like I spend a while because you have like a a parallax effect kind of yeah. thing on your banner your banner image. I was playing with that for a while, <laughs> moving you and Tim Lally to the right, you and Tim Lally <laughs> to the left. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and you have like by games, I meant you have like these little weird. Like you, because you are you like uh, studying programming or, or te- no? I just use I picked up a theme like there's it's like a WordPress theme, but it was like made for like some sort of like cool social media company. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a theme like pre-made for that, and it was like here's the testimonials or whatever, and I yeah. just kind of wrote my own stuff on it. You have a lot of great <laughs> gags on there, but I I, I would love like you have like when I, I mentioned you do like ask about programming because you have these two things on there, uh, one called locked horns. And one like scene generator. Oh yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. And like, cause it, so were you like just playing around with programming with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And I, cause I do tech support, so it's oh, okay. like a, a sort of like a side hobby trying to learn a little bit of programming. It's a fun little thing. So locked horns is, uh, if I'm correct, it's a. Uh, it was based off something from Roach Coach yeah, the podcast, it was, yeah. um, and it's you take Lockhorn comic strips and you put. <laughs> Chimera's, uh, like from the band Chimera's, like from their album Passed Out of Existence album, and you yes. take lyrics from it's that. It's very specific. <laughs> it's <laughs> images from the Lockhorns with lyrics from Chimera's it works, Pass Out of Existence. It works super well, and it's randomly generated, it's right? It's randomly generated. Like it's not, yeah. um, I don't know if you guys can see this image right here. This is not good for the podcast listeners. Guy talking to a boss. Maybe you could cope knowing that you all that you all have succeeded. See, it, it works. It works. Yeah. Let's do another one. That's this fun. <laughs> Refresh. Sorry, p- listeners at home. All right. So another same guy talking to his boss. But reflections of past life won't let me be. See. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was. It's very existential. It's very yeah. <laughs> it makes Lockhorn bearable. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, you also have this other thing on there, which is pretty neat, actually. Like, I feel like you could use it if you were like teaching an improv class. Like, anyone could use it. It's the Alan Smock character and setting generator. Yeah. Which basically, you just go in there, you hit randomize, and it gives you a setting, the characters, how characters feel about themselves, and all that. Like, what was like? How did you make that? Like, what what kind of went into? Did you just come up with a bunch of scenarios and just like had a have yeah, a like I just have a bunch of lists and like I just randomly generate. It's basically just you you you. The hardest part is like putting it all in a giant list. Yeah. And then once you once you put the the list together, then you can just kind of make the computer give you a random randomly pick one and put it into a sentence. It's sort of like Mad Libs. It's like yeah. extreme Mad Libs, but it's how long did that take to to put together? I don't know, because I'll go into like these weird hyper focus sort of states where like I can do anything, and then like I I pop out of it, and then I'm like I don't know what I just did, <laughs> so I don't really have a lot of recollection making that. It but there was just a, like a, a moment in my life where it's like I felt like I needed that because I needed to like write a sketch, and instead of writing the sketch, I was like, oh, I should just come up with an idea generator so I can. Uh, just make, make sketch a sketch, way. and then I made that, and then I never wrote the sketch. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully these will inspire sketch writers for many years to come. Do you think that if I randomize something and we did a three-person one, we could uh, we could just kind of do a scene right here sure. using it? Yeah. All right. Watson, have you ever improvised before? Uh, well, 
I do a little bit of improvisation, improvisation, you know, and it's uh, you're being you're being catty. Well, okay. Sometimes clients like me to wear costumes, and I, you know, got to <laughs> improvise. You know, sometimes you got to do a Mickey Mouse accent, you know, or oh, yeah. a uh, voice. <laughs> do a know. Mickey Mouse accent. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I would love to hear you. <laughs> oh, 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 that feels really good, Mr. Pennywise. Wow. He addresses as a clown. I don't want to get into details. It's really graphic. So. Just, just to make sure I understand his character, he is a. Uh, you I, are from Oklahoma and you are a prostitute? Well, he's a gigolo. He's I'm a, a gigolo. gigolo. I'm a okay. cowboy or ranch hand gigolo. Uh, but separate. He's not. He's a ranch yeah. hand and also he's a ranch gigolo. But I'll give you a discount gigolo. if you want both services. You know? Yes. Uh, he's so, a combo yeah, package. You know, I, I'm just not very good at ranch hand, to be quite frank. And. Uh, <laughs> I had to find a niche. I had to find some way to get money, and uh, you know, I I can really beat up a pole, you know. So, (laughs) great. Okay. All right. So here is a scene that is inspired by the Alan Smock character in Setting Generator. Uh, It's a three-person scene featuring middle-aged characters. Okay. Uh, The setting is it takes place at an ashamed park in the morning. (laughs) The weather is drought. Uh, the characters, uh, I'll be Tyler, a depressed blue-collar 49-year-old male veterinary technologist. He hates models, loves Scottish bagpipes, and wants human intimacy. Gene, uh, that'll be you, Alan. Okay. You're a gratified working-class 57-year-old male writer. <laughs> he hates You hate your boyfriend, love juggling, and want to establish your own country. And uh, you will be Margaret Watson. Oh, great. Uh, you're an alert, upper-class, 63-year-old female surgeon. Uh, you hate dressing up, love black licorice, and want to have more and more. And great. we know each other because we're gang members. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Margaret feels desirous of Jean, which is Ellen, and a beat about Tyler. Jean feels mortified about Margaret and possessive of Tyler. And Tyler feels overwhelmed by Margaret and mournful about Jean. All right, so we yeah, yeah, yeah it's a g- lot. Yeah, I've never actually tried this. We're before, gonna try so. it. We'll see how it goes. In, in hindsight, this is real fucking complicated. Yeah. I, made the, I need to. We'll do just some use Cheetos as suggestions. No, it's great. It's great. So Gene, okay. Tyler, Margaret, and go. All right. All right. It's fucking dry today, huh? Uh, it, it's been. I mean, we're in the middle of a drought, there, Gene. Man, I. Can we pick some place to do our gang meetings that isn't filled with condoms, like old dirty condoms? Hey, this you know, I like feeling bad about myself when I'm doing my gang stuff and there's nothing better than this ashamed park. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm I'm fighting with my boyfriend right now. Again? So yeah. Is it the heat? It's partly the heat. Yeah. I'm sorry. Margaret, why why are you rubbing on Jean? You know, we 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 uh we have a lot of condoms around here, you know. We could use them, put them to use. You big, you big fella. No, I'm just feeling way too much shame right now about this whole situation. I'm not feeling great either, and I really hate models. So Margaret's really putting me off. Oh, I, I'm a surgeon. I've told you this so many times before. You want me to shove you with some old licorice? <laughs> No. And C. <laughs> well, that was well, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much, Alan Smock. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, they guys. Ashamed Park. Bye bye, Alan. That's your shows. Heck All yeah. All right. Uh, before, we have two more stand up comics for you guys tonight. But before we move on to them, I thought we should 
uh, put a little spotlight on the two people who are putting this whole thing on. So everyone, please welcome Scott Eisnagel and Jen Mazelaw. All right. You guys pull up that chair. Scott, grab that the, the stand-up Mikey. Mm. Your electric slide. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. You're, how does it feel being surrounded by friends and your own art? Uh, uh, cool. Cool, yeah. <laughs> Very cool, yeah. For the people listening at home, we are in a room surrounded by the art that Jen and Scott have done. Uh, why don't you guys uh, briefly, briefly <laughs> describe what, what your art is and, and what this is all about? Um, so our art is pretty much, um, so we do photos. Um, a lot of it is through, um, inspired through Detroit, but through our travels as well. Um, and it's pretty much, we take a photo, we, we print it out. Um, it's a, it's, we put like uh, layers of medium mat and all that and put a film over it. And then the process is a three day process pretty much. For each piece? For each piece. Oh, Roughly, brother. I mean, bigger, longer, really. Um, but mm-hmm. it pretty much is shortening the story out smallly in detail. Briefly. Yeah, briefly. It's pretty much we transfer the photos onto recycled materials. A lot of it is... Um, wood, of course. This is where most of our, our showing is here, anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, we we go to recycling centers in the in the area, like recycle here or at Ann Arbor Recycling Center, and we like how you see it is how we get it. Like we didn't cut it any certain way. We just pick out the word that wood that has the most. The each piece is kind of like the image, like we kind of like play with the image and see what works with the texture, what in each piece of wood we pick out. And we also kind of like go further with it. We just kind of like you know, either paint it, paint with it, paint onto it, mm-hmm. or it's like the whole thing with memory. You're, you're kind of like playing with like, you know, your, what you've experienced when you saw that, when you were traveling, when you saw those images, mm-hmm. but also just kind of going further and like still experiencing, you're still kind of like, you know, manipulating it, but also it's like kind of like a, making it kind of more of an abstract kind of surrealist, but playing with realist. You're just going to have to see it for yourself. Yeah. You know? That's we very all much. <laughs> Look, I'm looking at it. Yeah. It's very nice. Um, yeah. yeah. And if you're at home listening to this, well, you missed out, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> what were you doing? That was so important. Yeah, yeah. for real. It's a Sunday night, guys. What do you have going on? Yeah. Uh, brother. So you, uh, Jen, you were telling me earlier about how uh, uh, you guys, when the process is long and exhausting and arduous, <laughs> and you guys, uh, how would you deal with like being around each other that long? And like <laughs> we watch The Office a lot. Yeah, yeah The Office pretty it's much. Yeah, I actually saw the meaning of uh, comedy shows, <laughs> yeah. entertainment, and Netflix because. It's it, yeah, a very it, long process. It, the whole like the whole process with what we're doing is just very tedious and just it's repetitious and. A lot of our pieces are through without the, the whole year. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah. Um, the, the, like we, we, uh, for, for our showing here, uh, we made like about roughly eight new pieces. Most of them were the bigger pieces. And uh, it, 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 it takes some time and passion into it. But when you get done with it, it turns out really well. Um, the payout is fine. But like we were. You say the payout is fine? The payout is fine as in like the process of like getting it done and like this how it turns out. Because you don't know. Sometimes with transfers, you don't know what you're getting. And like it's like you. But once just you. fall apart. And yeah. It's, it, that, that's the risk is uh, it's uh, the process of transferring it is like when you're removing paper from it. 
you can rip, and then you just lost two Money. days yeah. of time. And, um, Yikes. Uh, and then we're just all like in one room at the Scott. That's where Jen stays at, and we're just <laughs> just working, just removing paper like this. <laughs> That like, sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it is fun. Yeah, but, the office. Yeah, the, the <laughs> office. You know, Michael Scott. You know, just, you know Steve Carell. Really underrated, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Oh man, yeah, it's it's no one radar. No one likes the Michael Scott seasons of The Office. It's yeah. wild. Uh, it's just like, what? Yeah, it's like everyone loves season nine, right? It's just the best. Yeah, it's everyone loves it. Eight is is the most popular, yeah. from what I understand. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk also a little bit about this space. This uh, the Bobian House. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I, I'm saying that right. That feels right enough. Yeah, everyone has their own unique way. I said yeah, it the you all say the Boobian. different with Boobian, Bobian. Yeah. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, um, but um, yeah, uh, so uh, we're. It's like an old historic house. Yes, yeah, so it was built in 1850. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so technically we're the first comedy show to be here. Ooh, <laughs> Hopefully not the last. In, a, uh, in 168 years. Yeah. Um, not but a single joke was told here. Yeah, a single. <laughs> everyone's really serious uh, uh, during the times. You know? Yeah. Uh, but um, the yeah, place like, where like Boobian House, you'd think there'd be a couple. Yeah, there'd be some parties or something. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. You know, there is a cellar downstairs or a basement down there. So. A couple of bodies. A couple bodies buried. You know, we uh, cannot confirm. It was, the house was built bodies. over an Indian grave. So yeah. Well, I mean, this whole state is so. The whole technically yes, yeah. uh, but that's a different story on that part. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but like the goal that Jen and I had when we had this opportunity. Um, was to just kind of challenge ourselves and just kind of do things different than what normally a gallery would be considered to be, you know, like where it's like wine or you know, some cheese and, you know, um, have people hang out for like 20 minutes, do a walkthrough and like, all right, nice, see you later. Just, just do like, you know, comedy shows, just kind of creating more with the space. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's like, bring, like I want to bring the artists together, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like, Sorry, you guys can hear me now? All right, cool. Uh, I, I, I feel um, you know, Detroit's always been known as a place where you grow as an artist, but everyone's so separated through what they do, uh, mm -hmm. through whether it's just in comedy or actors, models, writers, you know, um, painters, you know, the, the musicians, you know, and the, through all these different genres as well that everyone's just in their own circle, like kind of like high school and like, hey, can I sit at your lunch table type of stuff. And I, 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 I want to just do something different. And like Jen and I came together, and it's like you know, let's, let's, let's challenge it, you know. And like that's the goal, you know, is not only having people who are like, oh, I look at your art and maybe buy it, but more of just like bringing and sharing the same opportunity. And I think that's more of a level of success is sharing it with everyone, you know. Um, I think like when you have an opportunity, you you. You, yeah, you just invite people along that's just as passionate, passionate as you are. You know, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, baby. You know, like, um, and yeah, I think that's just how you grow as a community. And like Detroit right now, I feel that like there's so much opportunity out there. There's so much space. There's so much um, possibilities. And if everyone comes together, Detroit can actually live up to that expectation of being an, an art community you know yeah and just baby. people like because right now there's people from other states that are coming over here and using that 
opportunity when we can make it our own. Mm -hmm. And you know, if they want to come along with the ride, more be it. But I feel more that we, uh, yeah, are you in it or what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that hey. Blake guy says. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Watson, you uh, you used to live in a really old house like this. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, it was uh, sort of a brothel. Yeah. Um, a lot of old houses are brothels, yep. if I found out. I mean, it's, uh, only, it's only a matter of time yeah. before the Bobian house is also a brothel. Well, uh, if I'm, looking, I'm looking to start my own brothel pretty soon. You yeah. know? Oh, yeah. i got to retire at some point and you know, think about my entrepreneurial shit. Yeah. You know? um, what are you going to call your brothel? Uh, well, I still want to stick with the, the country western theme. So, you know, um, I got some, some work in progress, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, the bull's piss is, sounds you know, great, uh, you know? Though the Bobian house is looking for uh, some opportunity as well. So. Is, that, is that true? <laughs> Pissian house? No, I'm getting a no from that. So. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, this yeah, is a fantastic absolutely. event. Uh, you guys rock. And uh, wait, where can people find more from you guys? Uh, let's start with you, Jen. Uh, so uh, we you're not Jen, Scott. Oh, Started with Jen. <laughs> so Mike's giving me some feedback. In my ears. Right yeah. Now. Okay. Um, our, our website is icesnugglemaisaloft.com. So nice easy to remember. <laughs> Icesnugglemaisaloft. Um. Heck yeah! And you guys wow. are going to be doing a part three. Is that yeah, correct? it's going to be called Equal Parts. Um, so right now we're we're going to have a, a closing of a party, pretty much. It's, just, it's going to be uh, almost this September, uh, July twenty uh, second. So it's a Sunday. You know, we're just keeping it in the Sunday roll, and uh, you know, we'll we'll have a DJ, we'll, uh, some food, um, a cash bar. You know, cocktails um, made by Scott. Cocktails made by me. Cocktails some made some by of them. You know. Cocktails by Ice Knock. Listerine cocktail. Oh, uh, possibly. Right. You know, <laughs> he gave me some ideas. So when he, yeah, when Bart mentioned that, I had so many ideas running through. Right. You know, we need yeah. some more menthol infused drinks. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you got Newports, you know, you might as well. Put them right <laughs> in your, uh, your vodka. Yeah, you, know? you might as right. well, you know. Like, Sounds let's great. just make a complete entity, right? I think so. Yeah, menthol and ice. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Oh, it's absolutely. been an absolute pleasure. Up next, we're going to keep the, keep it going, keep it up with more, some, some more stand-up. Up next, also, from the Metro Detroit area, <laughs> please welcome Tam White. <laughs> Everybody, how you doing? Yeah. All right. I am from Detroit, not just Metro Detroit, but Detroit. All right. First, I want to thank Scott and Jen um, for doing this and inviting me to, you know, be on. Scott was a member of the first improv troupe I ever performed in, so this is really cool. Um, I do improv and I do stand up. My my friends they tease me all the time. They say, Tam. You're black, so you're pretty much born an improviser. And I never, I never got what they meant until now when I ride through the suburbs and the cops pull me over and I have to hurry up and switch the station from Snoop Dogg to Carrie Underwood before they make it to my window. I'm like, oh shit, that is improvising. But you guys, where I come from, we've just always called that survival. So I guess survival is a synonym for improv. Um, I, love, I love downtown Detroit. I used to live downtown before I got married. And it's cool to see the changes 
even on the Seven Mile Wyoming area, all the changes that are happening, Midtown, the different neighborhoods, down by Belle Isle, down this way, off the water, near Eight Mile, wherever you go, it's really cool. I call it Detroit 2.0. Like for instance, the transportation system, it has improved. Now although it still works on CP time, but now CP is Caucasian people, okay? <laughs> Which means the shit is on time. So make sure you guys don't show up late, don't take it for granted. All right, and I'm gonna tell you how I know we really came back as a city. We have two 7-Eleven stores, two, okay? I grew up in Detroit, and when I was little, we had 7-Eleven stores everywhere, more than you see Starbucks. Then they all went away, and now they're all starting to come back slowly, just like the Caucasian people. It's the same thing, okay? And what's cool about our 7-Eleven stores, because we have one down here by Shane Park, and then we have the one in Campus Marshes. Now, the one in Campus Marshes has Detroit-themed flavors for their Slurpees. They don't have your typical Pepsi, Mountain Dew, nah. They have the Detroit River Slurpee. You know, <laughs> it's delicious, but with a dirty aftertaste. But you drink it anyway, because it's always on clearance. And my favorite is the Detroit Lion Slurpee. It is just like the Lions. It's really, really, really good till you get to the end and you start to choke. <laughs> it's a pretty blue color, ice cold. Now, their longest-running Slurpee flavor is the Kwame Kilpatrick Hip Hop Mayor Slurpee. Now, this one costs a lot more than all the other Slurpees, of course, but that's because you are paying for all the extra flavor. In fact, they guarantee 28 years of flavor or less with good behavior. <laughs> so, Scott, watch it with, those, with your behavior when you drink those Slurpees, all right? All right. And my friends who live in the suburbs, they're always asking me, Tam, we want to come to Little Caesars Arena. We want to ride the Q line. We want to try your Slurpees. Is it safe to come to Detroit 2.0? Like, when should, we, when should we stay on our side of 8 Mile? Which streets should we take when we cross over? I said, listen, it's just like Detroit 1.0. There's really only a few areas where you need to be careful, which is impressive considering we're a big city. About three or four areas. You guys, take note if you didn't know this. The three or four areas where you want to be extra careful in Detroit are the east side, the west side, the north side, and the south side. Now, everywhere else, you're fucking good, all right? You can leave your car doors unlocked. You can leave your baby on a porch. You can walk down the street with one titty out. No one will touch it. But in those four areas, you don't want to do those things. So just those four areas, remember that. And you know, we're pretty resourceful in Detroit. We have money saving techniques that you don't get in other cities and counties. Like for example, Halloween, my favorite time of the year. Most of my friends in the suburb, they're spending $40, $50 for a haunted hayride or haunted house, maze tickets, right? We don't do that. Every Halloween when I wanna get scared, you guys, I just go pump my gas after sunset, that's it! <laughs> that's it, scary as shit. It's free, and you have nothing to lose, except maybe your life. But that's it. It's such a rush. You guys should really try it. And my husband and I, we live in one of the historic neighborhoods here. We love it. We don't have any kids. And I welcome the thought of kids. I just need a little more time to research like what they need, what they love. Like I'm the one who always thought a Pokemon was a gay Jamaican, no lie. <laughs> And I still think a Pokemon, it's 2018, and I still think a Pokemon is a gay Jamaican, so I'm working on that. 
And I feel like I married my best friend because we were really close friends before we started dating. But I just wish I would have gotten that disclaimer that you get. You know, the one they're nice enough to give you on the medicine commercials? You know, like Lipitor includes side effects of diarrhea, insomnia, weight gain. No one told me when I got engaged. Congratulations, Tamara. But marriage side effects include constant complaining, compromise, and conflict with an occasional headache at the request of fellatio. No one ever told me that. And now I have TMJ. What the fuck? That would be nice to know. And we're past the honeymoon phase in our marriage, you know. It seems cool the first few years. Like, we, we used to say phrases like, you know, oh, baby, get me off. Now I'm like, dude, get off me, you know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, baby, whose is this? Now, thanks to gravity, he's saying to me, oh, baby, what the fuck is that? You know, the honeymoon phase is over. But I'm just glad that I'm not in the dating market because it's, dating market because it's scary. It's really scary dating. You don't know, you know, it could be a serial killer. Like you really don't know who this guy is. It's, it's scary. I like being with the person and I just know who he is and, I, and I'm past all that. What's your favorite color or I have to meet your parents. I think about celebrities and the stories that we hear. And I'm like, it, it has to be worse for common folk and we just don't even know about these people because they're not famous and not being reported on. Like, you know, Bill Cosby, for example, there are probably a lot of Bill Cosby's walking around Midtown dropping shit in your drinks, you know what I mean? So it's just scary. And Trump, people like Trump grabbing women that are lady towns. You know, someone right now is in the Bronx bar grabbing a couple titties, you know what I mean? Or just a regular guy. It's just scary. And speaking of Cosby, I just want you guys to know I'm really excited about this only because I finally, after all these years, know what the term GHB means. Give Huxtable booty. Ellen, no one ever told me. I never knew. Now I know. But I will say this. Being from Detroit, you know we get the bootleg video to everything. Everything. We get the news before you guys do. We get the movies first. We get the uncut, deleted scenes version. I have the uncut, deleted scenes version of the Lady Town grabber himself, Donald Trump. And in that tape, he said, I'll let you guys in on a secret because they didn't report this on TMZ. He said, not only does he like to grab all women by their Lady Town parts, but he really was looking forward to grab Hillary by hers. That is until he found out that her WikiLeaks, and that's just nasty. <laughs> So we have a few ladies in the audience, and if you don't remember anything I said today, remember that a leaky wookie is no goody, okay? <laughs> All right? And I'm feeling stressed out because now I'm getting older, and leaky wikis, that's one of the things I need to start worrying about, you know? Like, I, I, I'm getting up in age, you guys. It's scary. I, I feel like I'm right in the middle. I don't know where I belong. Like, over here, I'm too old for R. Kelly or Woody Allen to find me attractive, right? <laughs> but over here, I'm too, too young to take advantage of the free coffee at McDonald's. Over here, I should probably stop shopping at Forever 21, but damn it, I'm not yet ready for Sears. Don't make me go, you know? I want to be hot. Over here, I should probably stop listening to Cardi B and get my ass up to go do some cardio. Do you hear me? Like, I'm right there. And I also, I'm, I'm at the age where I wanna, I just need to know that I still got it. I love my husband, I don't want another man. I just wanna know I got it. 
Like the cat calling we used to take for granted back in the day, walking by construction and the guys in the hard hat, just like on television, hey lady, let me get those digits. Oh, I'm late for work, just gone. Now I'm looking for that, you guys. I just need validation. So I found some scaffolding down in campus marshes. I put on two pairs of Spanx. I walked by, and then I got one. Hey, lady! Oh, me? I still got it. Get the fuck off the manhole! All right? That's my time. Thank you. I'm Tam White. Yeah, give it up one more time for Tam White. Yeah. Heck yeah. So, uh, Tam, did you know that Tam White is also the name of a Scottish blues singer? No. <laughs> I, was, I was looking you up, and the, I'll show you a picture, actually. The very first image, he's dead. So, you win. Uh, it's, it's, well, the very first picture, unfortunately, is Aww. this old Tam, Sam, uh, what's his name? The, the, you would know, the, the Marlboro Man. Uh, Sam oh, Elliott. Sam, Sam, yeah. Where? Say that, yeah. Yeah, Sam he looks like Sam Elliott. He, he looks like my grandpa. He's a, apparently a Scottish musician, uh, blues legend. He kind of has a Sean Connery before the cosmetic surgery look. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he's also a stonemason and an okay. actor. Are you, wow. any, are you a stonemason or a blues, blues singer? No, not at all. If you were to have a blues album, what would it be called? Tam Tam's back. <laughs> it just sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Would you have like a, a, a like a musician like a like a special like appearance like it could be living or dead, but they would have to be dead on the record. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably have um, Michael Jackson come back because I'm gonna need a Shimon every Shimon. other every other verse. But a blues Shimon. Yeah, like blues Shimon. 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 Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that I've sounds never, good, actually. Yeah, it really does. I need to go home yeah. and write this Someone one. needs to uh, uh, mash up some Michael Jackson with some blues music. Yeah, yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about your, your uh, comedy history. Uh, where did you get started? Okay, so I, I lived downtown many years ago. Like, it was around maybe in 2005. Actually, from 2001 to the 2008, I lived downtown. Mm -hmm. But in the middle of that, I lived maybe a couple of blocks from um, Second City when it was in Hockey Town. Yeah. And a, a good friend of Rest mine was one of the main stage characters. She would perform with Keegan-Michael Key and all those folks, Sam Robinson from Detroiters. Yeah. And I would always go and watch and all like, oh my God, these people are so funny. What's this thing called improv? So I kind of got sucked in into the um, comedic sketch writing classes. And um, I graduated um, those courses there. And then they shut down and moved to um, Novi, <laughs> above Andiamos. And that's where I studied improv and graduated there. Mm -hmm. I was one of the last graduating classes before they just shut down completely and yeah. left Michigan. That must have been heartbreaking. It was. Yeah. We loved it. And then, um, so from 2009, after I graduated from 2000, actually in 2009, my graduating show with my improv class, which was an improv sketch show, I asked my um, director, Kara Troutman, who's actually over at Planet Ant. Yep and go comedy. I said, Kara, I, I've just been writing some jokes. I think I can do this. Can I do a little stand-up even though we're just doing improv? She said, yeah. So she let me try five minutes and people laughed. And I remember one of my first jokes was um, saying, and it was, when you look back at it now, it's like, this shit was corny. But like, mm -hmm. I remember saying like, um, if Octomom made 
a porn movie would be Octopussy, like stuff like that, you know? <laughs> and people thought it was funny. I'm like, oh, okay, they think I'm funny. So I did it in that show, and I may have done a couple of open mics, and then that's it. And I didn't do anything from 2009 to 2014. Oh, wow. But sit on the couch and watch Real Housewives, The Kardashians, Not even like that. improv? Not even, no, oh, wow. nothing. Like, I just, I don't know what happened. So my husband was just like, babe, you know, you're funny. You have something. Why don't you just get back into it? He, I guess he saw in me that there, I, there was something missing. Because like I said, I'm just watching reality. I wasn't being creative. It was just something left me. I don't know what it was. So he was like, you know, just check out Go Comedy, blah, blah, blah. Because he knew that a lot of my teachers from Second City were like either co-owners or teachers or performers there. Mm -hmm. So... I went and um, picked up from the advanced level classes. They allowed me because I had the history I did at Second City. And then now I'm a main stage cast member there. Nice. And, um, and I do stand-up, too, every now and then. So awesome. that's pretty much my whole story. If you had to pick one to only do and you couldn't do the other one ever again, would you do improv, improv or stand-up? Improv. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you love so much about improv? It's the... Um, Basically, what improv is, which is right off the top of your head. Yeah. I'm really good. You don't got to write. Yeah, you, well, <laughs> that, but... I'm one of those people, like, I could see myself being a co-host on The View, mm -hmm. you know, because, and, uh, and I, yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I believe in myself doing that more than I would believe in myself having to write some jokes and open up for um, a big artist like one of the Wayans brothers or Chris Rock, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know I would do well with that, because off the top of my head, I'm just better with that. Mm -hmm. Like, just in general conversation at a party, everyone's laughing, but I could have a bad night at the bar with some jokes I wrote because no one's laughing, so... I don't like that. I just trust myself more and think I, I personally feel I'm more talented in improv. And I must stress, and some of you will understand because you're improvisers, you'll know the difference. Short form improv is, I think, my strength, not long form, which okay. is like a long set. I'm the opposite. Oh, you are? Yeah, yeah. Most people I meet are the opposite. I say nine out of ten people I talk to who are improvisers, they prefer long form. Mm -hmm. And I think you all are freaks and you're weird. And at the same time, <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're geniuses and I also think you're superheroes because it's the most intimidating thing to me. Because it's wild. It's wild because when I'm in a long form scene, um, Tony, you guys, I don't know how you do it. I feel like there's like this... Um, Am I talking too much? I'm sorry. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I'm, I'm the only child, and it was always about me. So I'm just used <laughs> to talking a lot. So just, I just want to say this real quick. Um, when I am performing long form, in my head, I see this long calculus equation above me, and, and no one can figure it out. Maybe everyone else, but I can't. And I'm trying to figure out what X equals, what A equals, and the integral of this. And everyone's having fun, and at the same time, I'm like, okay, if he's my my father, but I'm her sister. Okay, so I have to bring a gift to the scene. Just like and, think too okay, much. I can't ask a question. Yes, mm -hmm. it's, but oh my gosh, short form, I got this. I can do it all day. I just love it. So I'm, it's weird to yeah, me. Yeah, I have such a hard time with like the games of short form. Like, I, like to uh -huh. me, I can like get into the relationships of long form, but with short form, it's like, how do you find the game? Like, it doesn't, really? it's like, yeah, it's so difficult for me. Um, okay. You also do, uh, I, I read in your bio, uh, you do musical improv. Yes, uh, I, yep, I'm that, a member of the musical improv. That's another improvers. thing where I'm like, how do you even do that? that that's got to be a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Um, I, I think Jeremy Martin, the musical director at Go, he suggested that I try it out with them once. Because mm -hmm. I think I had a conversation with them once, and I talked about how much I always freestyle rap in the shower. Like, I'm always that person. And I love music. I've been over 200 concerts in my life, live Ooh. concert, yeah, awesome. since age 10 when I saw Michael Jackson. So, like, I just love lyrics. I love rhyming. Shimon, Shimon. And so then I did a show with them, and then they liked it. And, and Carrie Sue, she's, she, um... She said, Tam, hey, you want to join the thingy? But that's intimidating because a lot of those cast members can actually really sing, and I can't. Mm -hmm. But um, 
I guess my strength is like, you know, coming up with the verses and lyrics and actual yeah. song that rhymes, which some people, even though they're good, they're better at improv than me and they're better at singing, they, they, they may not, they may have a hard time making things rhyme. So mm -hmm. I kind of bring a little something, I guess. Nice. I try to anyway. Also, where can people find more from you or, uh, and, or have any shows coming up? Actually, I don't. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I just, oh, I have like two at Go Comedy. I, I, I'm there like twice a month at least. Awesome. Um, the All-Star Showdown at 8 p.m. this upcoming Friday. And then I think the last Friday, the third Friday, um, sorry, I don't know the dates, the Pandemonium Show, which is another short form show mm -hmm. at 10 p.m. at Go Comedy. Nice, awesome. And that's it. And you have a Twitter or anything? No, I hate no? Twitter. Oh man. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot to ask the other comics if they have a Twitter. I know Alan I has smock uh, at smock the. Com are you on? Are you still on Twitter, Alan? I am, but I don't remember where my handle is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find it. Also, Esther is Esther Toy T O I, I believe. Uh, yep. Uh, James Serini has a Twitter as well, and. Also, Bart Dangus also. So find them on Twitter. I forgot to ask them, and I just remembered to do it now. And yeah. I asked someone who doesn't have a Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have one. Just look up nothing, and you'll find me. Yes, <laughs> Google nothing. Nothing. And Tam White, that's where you find it. If you look up Tam White, you get the blue singer. Hashtag Shimon. Yeah, hashtag Shimon. Yep. Uh, well, before we go, uh, Watson, do you have any questions for Tam? Oh, sure. I kind of uh, left you in the dust. Oh, no, it's all right. Um, well, I guess my, the only question I have is when you were doing Second City at Andiamos, did you get like a staff discount on their food at all? Or like, I, like I you know, you're kind of there. You're kind of doing some sort of work. I mean, it's like sort of should be offered, you know? I don't think we ever did. At least I didn't ask because I would just go perform and leave. I never really. Are you hungry? You know, Are you, you hungry, know, yeah. I, Now I want know, some risotto. Thanks. I haven't eaten since last week. You oh, know, geez. it's been a rough month. Just trying to get lean. Well, lean and mean. All right, great. And we, but we did get, you know, as a performer, wherever you are, you get free drinks from the bar. But oh, I wanted right, to right. mention this. Um, your side profile looks like Vincent Sabatini. Have you heard that before? I don't know who that is. I often get... Does anyone agree with me? I often get, bit? I get, everyone mistakes a, me. Everyone mistakes me for Alan Smock. So. No, I, I think you're... I, no, I think you're more Vincent Sabatini, the side view. He's an improviser, um, very talented improviser with a lot of us. I'm not been. familiar. Is that a compliment or is that like... It's a compliment. He's handsome. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sam, for being on the I'm show. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry I like probably didn't follow the format with the questions, but no, I talked You're totally fine. Sorry. Okay. You're totally thank fine. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tam. Bye-bye. Up next, we have someone who hails... From Metro Detroit, <laughs> please welcome Brett Mercer. Oh, boy, I just came in from Metro Detroit, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> What's up? How you guys doing? You guys good? Hanging out? I fucking love hanging out, dude. It's cool. It's cool, man. All right. Uh, by round of applause, are there any uh, billionaires here? <laughs> no? Cool. Let's shit on them. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. Also, if you're listening, I just need a little bit of money, please. <laughs> just enough. So yeah, let's see. Jeff Bezos, the the Amazon guy, his net worth is like 106 billion dollars. It's it's insane, you know. And I think about like you know how like when homeless people come up to you and they're like, "Can I get like 72 cents?" You know, it's always like a weird, not round number, you know. 
I was doing some math. That's like me going up to Jeff Bezos and saying, hey, can I borrow $28 million? <laughs> and he'd probably be like, that's such a weird small number. Why wouldn't you round up? <laughs> Why wouldn't you round up to the nearest 100 million? That's so weird <laughs> to me. <It's laughs> But yeah, that's so much. And he'd be like, you're probably just going to spend all that money on drugs and alcohol and a place to live for the rest of your life and uh, a gift for everyone you meet and uh, a boat. You could buy a whole fleet of boats. Just frivolous shit like that. It'd be sweet to buy a fucking boat, man. If I had money, I'd buy a boat immediately. I'd buy a whole fucking fleet of boats. I swear to God. I love boats. You know, I feel, I feel weird. I like boats, but I, I, I don't like police. That's why I feel weird about police boats. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, that's such a cool thing, but, you know, it's working for the bad guys. <laughs> it's kind of like how a lot of people think about police dogs. You're like, it's such a good bumper, but it's going to arrest you for drugs. You know, it's, it's tough. It's tough, man. Yeah, I wish I was rich. Anybody else wish they were rich? Yeah. Yeah, man. Wish I was rich. That, that's why I don't know why I went to uh, art school. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like if I did really well at it, like all the best artists are broke. So what am I, what am I trying to do there, you know? It, art school, it, really, it really made sense during Obama. I don't know. <laughs> Something changed. You know, because... When people get out of school, people getting out of college these days and they're, they're so radicalized and like, I'm going to change the world. I went to law school. I'm going to fight for the right laws. Or I went to school for journalism. I'm going to collect all the journals and <laughs> organize them correctly. And if you want one, I'll show you where they, or whatever they, you know. I went, to, I went to school for graphic design, which means I got out with just a bunch of information about fonts. <laughs> You're not going to change the world like that. Let me tell you that. I don't know. Like, they told me that, like, you know, if, if you want your business to be taken seriously, you know, pick a really nice typeface, you know, design it all nice and have it look professional. It's pretty cool, I guess. I don't know what Panasonic's doing. No, I don't know. They're fine. They're fine. But, yeah, you know, I was, that, was, that was in my brain. And then one time I was in Ann Arbor and I saw uh, spray-painted on the side of a dumpster, no babies. Pretty good policy for a dumpster, I have to say. <laughs> you know? A lot of germs in there. Could be some sharp objects. No place for a baby, you know. But it was written in just this disgusting, scrawling handwriting. And, like, no one took it seriously. This thing was just filled with babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, if you want people to respect it, you know, give it a nice typeface, you know. So funny. I was thinking about that. Like that. Like first of all, if you're about to leave your baby in a dumpster, you're not gonna respect any sign. I don't care what kind of typeface you give it. You know what I mean? Like, I was thinking about that for so long, and I I discovered that that sign wasn't for those people. That sign was for people who were going through the garbage, looking for babies. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't see the sign. I, I I thought this was one of the receptacles that took the babies. Oh, my bad. Don't I? Don't I have egg on my face? Yeah. Because it's a dumpster, you know? <laughs> yeah. We got to go down the alley to the one that doesn't make that distinction. That's where we'll find the babies. I don't know. 
That's what uh, art school taught me. It's just so weird. Like, I'm never going to be a good artist, you know, because I'm 28. If I was any good, I'd be dead last year. <laughs> Unless I become the oldest member of the 27 Club. <laughs> What's that times two, you know? I don't know. It just turns out I'm not like, uh, you know, the Janis Joplin of telling jokes or the uh, whoever else is in the 27 Club. <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, this is kind of an art form, sort of. Not really. Stand-up? I don't know. Art school works if I can turn this into an art form. I wouldn't place your bets just yet. Because <laughs> I write things like this. I had to check to see if I had Down syndrome. Went to 24andMe.com. <laughs> Pew! Is this an art form? You tell me. I don't know. Is this an art form? You tell me. How about this one? This is what it would sound like if a cat dropped a really sweet mixtape. Meow, 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 DJ Kitten, yeah. Is that joke ever going to be hanging in the Louvre? Oh, man. <laughs> you tell me. I, I am from uh, Detroit. Uh, well, you know, I live here now. I, let's just say I live here now. You know, me and, me and Tam weren't neighbors. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, when you go, to, you go to, like, Chicago or you go to Toronto, the first thing you notice is how elaborate and how intricate their public transit system is. And every time you see that, I'm just like, man, I really am on vacation. Boy, we don't have this where I come from. We got the, uh, the Q line. <laughs> Baby, Mwah, the Q line. <laughs> Wonderful piece of, piece of train. It's a bus. It's a really a bus. <laughs> it's really just, it's a bus that, you know how buses can go wherever they, wa wherever they want? <laughs> They're like, we like that idea, but let's just make it go in one straight line. Maybe that'll... Let's put that straight line right where everyone used to park their cars. Maybe that would be a good... It's so great. I follow them on Twitter. You've got to follow them on Twitter because about once a day, they'll tweet something to the effect of uh, attention commuters, which is already hilarious. Commuters. <laughs> we have shut down service temporarily because a car is parked in front of our mass transit system. What a great piece of technology. <laughs> Look, if that is not the perfect metaphor for why there will never be public transit in Detroit, it's, it's that. It's beautiful. It's, a car refuses to get out of the way. It's just, uh, yeah, not a really punchy joke, but definitely a nice painting, you know? Maybe this, uh, maybe this art school shit really worked out, you know? <laughs> I say, yeah. I don't know. I got a couple more things, I suppose. <laughs> I forgot to tell this joke earlier. I just got to get this in there. You know how, like, Jeff Bezos, you know, Amazon, people are saying that they're going to start, like, a one-world government. I mean, it does make sense. They did get rid of borders, folks. They did get rid of borders. <laughs> yes. They got rid of borders. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, man. What else to talk about? I don't really have much else. Uh, yeah. Any, any questions so far? Uh. <laughs> Let's see if there's one more. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I live in a Mexican town right now. Uh, I am not Mexican. Uh, you know, I just live there. It's an interesting place because it is the last exit off of the freeway before the bridge to Canada, which is interesting, you know? Because every day when I go home, I get to make a choice. Do I stay in my country or do I flee? You know, during the election, a lot of people were saying, if Trump wins, I'm going to move to Canada. I'm like, bullshit, that's a lot of paperwork. You're not going to do paperwork, you know? For me, it's literally just a wrong turn. So <laughs> it, could, it could happen at any moment, you know? And it's, it's interesting. Uh, like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to, I don't know. I make a choice every, t every, every day when I drive home, you know, and every day I choose the United States of America because the United States of America is where my shit is. It's where my phone works properly. I'm not going to trade that for free health care or whatever. But, you know, like, fuck it. I get so angry about what goes on in the United States, and I listen to it on talk radio on the way home from work, and, uh, you know, it, it might just, every day, I'm just like, it might just happen. It might just fucking, instead of going this way on the uh, fork in the road, I could go the other way. Basically, I feel every day like Goofy in that movie, A Goofy Movie. You know, after he gives his son the <laughs> the map to the you know to the road, he's like, "All right, Maxie, left or right?" But I'm and I'm picking between either a United States, which is of course a power line concert, and Canada, which is a boring fishing trip with my father. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, you know, I just wanted to compare the United States of America with uh, power line. So that's that, that did it. I've been Brett. Thanks. That didn't end as well as I wanted it to end. Yeah, give it up one more time for Brett Mercer. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't you just wish you had the courage just to, to take that leap? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. One of these days. Yeah. One of these days. So you, Mr. Brett Mercer, you host a comedy podcast I yourself do. Uh, called Big Time Garbage. Correct. What kind, where do you get a name like that's? Th do you ever get anyone say, "What kind of name is that"? <laughs> you're such a you're such a handsome young man. Why do you host a podcast called Big Time Garbage? Why don't you call it like Big Time Handsome or something like that? I told the guys we should go <laughs> with right. Big Time Handsome. Yes. And they were all bashful. Well, I can't everything. speak to if they're handsome or not. Oh, <laughs> <so. laughs> trust me, they are not. <laughs> oh man. No, I don't know. We we just had a bunch of names floating around. We were gonna call it Amateur POV. Mm -hmm. Which sounds like porn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it gets funnier the more you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just words put together that sounded yeah, good. It's nice. Oh, and what is this uh, podcast about? Nothing really. Nothing? We just uh, we mostly talk about like current events mm -hmm. and stupid news stories. With a funny spin on it. Yeah, yeah. We just kind of take a sideways glance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of go through the headlines, going like, "What's fucking deal with this Trump guy?" Oh God, yeah. that's a never-ending uh, source of uh, uh, material. Yeah, we actually try to stay away from it because yeah. it's just. 
It's been a year. That's so boring. Mm-hmm. He's your be- president. <clears throat> Get over it, folks. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun in like uh, eight years when we can make jokes about Trump again, and it's funny. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Like, <laughs> like, what, oh. What's his life after the presidency is going to be like? Where, oh, yeah. Like... He's going to be too old to golf, so he's just going to hang out on the golf course, like yeah. yelling at people. Who knows? You know? That's going to be fun. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Uh, I mean, I think like we just got to the point where it's okay. It's funny to joke about George W. Bush again. Like, it only just happened, I feel like. Yeah, it's, it's weird. The, the, I don't know how newsy you want me to get. Go for but, it. But uh, yeah, they started being like, ah, oh, he's just an old guy who paints now. Like, yeah. we forgot about Afghanistan. We forgot he murdered <laughs> millions of, of Afghanistan. We forgot about the waterboarding. Iraqi people. We forgot about the tax yeah. crap that and I hardly know like, about, but know it's bad. People love him now. Did you notice that? Like, people are like, <laughs> he oh, painted a doll. He, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> well, because now he comes out and he, like, I feel like the other day, he, or a week ago or whatever, he came out and was like, it's wrong to to like be separating families at the board <laughs> or whatever. It's like yeah. okay. keep them together, but in the concentration camp. Yeah, no, keep them together so you can bomb them easier. Yeah. All of them, <laughs> it's a lot easier. Yeah, how'd you guys like that one? <laughs> so yeah, the big time garbage takes these awful news stories and we go, yeah. ah, what if you know? What if there was poop in there? Yeah, what if? <laughs> yeah, what if the guy had a boner the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah so, in addition to that, you also host a Friday night show at uh, Planet Ant. Yeah, Tonight versus Everybody. <laughs> boom, boom. We stole it from Detroit, Detroit versus, versus Everybody. everybody. What? Yeah. How? How dare you? Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of like the bad boys, yeah. like <laughs> not ready for prime time. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but it is like a it's like a talk show sort yeah. of format. So we do like a, a monologue jokes, a little desk bit. And then instead of having people talk to us, we just have them do stand-up. Nice. And uh, <coughs> who has, you've been doing this for like um, two months now? Yeah, it's pretty new. We're still yeah. getting the ball rolling. Yeah. So uh, tell me about like getting that together and like uh, what it's been like kind of like doing it. It's been like changing it all in the process or? Hmm. Yeah, it kind of started with just kind of talking to the people at Planet Ant. They had like an open slot late nights on Fridays. So mm-hmm. thought, why not? Do a show. So we, I think it was Bart that initially talked to to them. But Mr. Dangus. Yeah, we just got a whole bunch of people to help out and book it and write jokes and stuff. And yeah, I don't. You know, it's, it's we're still getting the ball rolling, so it could yeah. it could uh, change at any moment. Nice. And uh, where can where can people find other than that? People can find you at on Friday nights at Planet Ant. Yep, Friday uh, nights at <coughs> Planet Ant. Uh, every. Every, usually every second Tuesday at uh, Ghostlight for my show George Co Stand Up. I did not know about that. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Is just it's, a it's a it's just a stand up showcase, but there's two comics on stage at a time. Oh wow! So they have to like, figure out what they're doing. Brought up at random, or like uh, they kind of like pre planned it. They they pre plan their uh, their partners, so they, you know, they coordinate something or they see what bits fit together. It's we've done two or three shows so far. That's, so that's really cool. That's uh, George Co stand up. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's very good. And yeah. uh, you where and can people find you on Twitter or anything? Yep, Twitter at Brett Mercer, uh, Brett underscore Mercer underscore. Oh, <laughs> why? Uh, because at Brett Mercer will not respond to my messages. <laughs> I have had the same problem with at Michael Dupree. Really? He's tweeted like three times in 2011. Now he's just sitting on that goddamn yeah. Twitter handle. Yeah, these people. What the fuck? Fucking round those people up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
I meant, I meant round up to the closest integer, okay? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's hurting my, my promotional game. Like, oh, yeah. Brett underscore Mercer underscore. But then you get this great bit where you get to... Right, right. <laughs> and, oh, I forgot to ask. Watson, do you have any, uh, any questions for, uh, for Mr. Mercer over here? Uh, uh, well... I'm an open book. He's <laughs> an open book. So what are the things you like to do with garbage? What do they like to do with it? You have a you had a garbage joke, right? Well, I look at garbage and I see I, I say like, all right, this was obviously trash to someone, but to someone else, it could be treasure. Yeah, did you just come over that right now? Yeah, I wrote that. Uh, <laughs> I wrote one man's trash is another man's treasure. That's kind of that's really insightful. I write things like that. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> that's the kind of shit you can find on my Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> Being uh, someone else is a waste of the person you already are. That's I came up with that one just now too. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show, Brett. You've thank been you. an absolute pleasure. And, Hell yeah! Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is concludes hey. the uh, podcast part of the show. Give it up for these yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Watson Carnation, oh, for being on the show. A, it's been an absolute delight. Uh, where can people find more from you, Watson? Well, well, they closed down Backpage, so you can't go on there to find me. Um, I guess Twitter, you know. Uh, it's, I got uh, at Watson Carnation's Earthly Delights. And, uh, I feel like that's not true. <laughs> it, well, you'll find it. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can find me on Google. Um, and uh, just come to me after the show. I'm, sometimes I just like to hang out, you know. You, if I'll hang out for a couple months. And, you're uh, already taking your pants off. <laughs> I'm getting ready. Uh, I got a couple people lined up in the, around, the, around the back there. So. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, t- checking us out, coming on down to the Bobian House. Uh, you can find the Bobian House on Twitter. Uh, and make sure you go check out Ice Off Part 3. Uh, and just we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have the Planet Ant Farm team performing. Bye. <laughs> the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is recorded in WAYN Radio Studio and is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network. Please remember to subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. Find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.